The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Everyone, welcome to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. I am Darren Carp, as always. And I'm Liz Cully, and I just my brain just tapped out. I didn't even I didn't even know what time and space we were in. I was so excited about who we're talking to right now. So I was like, what day is it? What time is it? Who knows? I don't know. I always learn a lot from Liz, but I have a feeling that this next guest is someone that Liz and I will both learn a lot from. And she's been a friend of mine for many, many years. Uh, she is a PR maven. We actually met at Bravo. She introduced me uh, to belonging to the Taylor Strecker show, which Liz and I both co-host. And she's sort of this admin of sorts and making sure that uh, shit doesn't get too rough. Uh, her name, if you've heard the Taylor Strecker show, we call her Cheech. Uh, but today I'm going to introduce her with her proper name. Her, her name is Michelle Chichi Yasvili, which you can imagine that's why we call her Cheech, because it is a <laughs> name for the book's Michelle Chichi Yesvili, welcome to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. What an introduction. I'm so honored that you remember how to say my last name exactly right. I'm seeing Riz is like, what is that last name? But you can just call me Cheech. That's what my So I'm looking at the spelling. Yeah. And it's 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 kind it's, of phonetic though. It, like it's not, it is, not. Now I'm looking at it. I'm trying to see if I were to pronounce this, if I were a teacher in roll call. I would say I would CCS say, Villa. I, yeah, CCS yes, Villa or something like that. But God, where does that originate from? Yeah. So it's going to make a long story short. My dad's from Turkey, um, like Istanbul, but we're Jewish. So he like it's Georgian Russian, not Georgian like Atlanta, Georgia. So it's ex-Soviet Union. So I guess I'm Russian, but I don't know. I'm really just from New Jersey. Like I'm Jewish from New Jersey. We're both I Russian Jews from New Jersey who came across yeah. a different place, but we've met, yeah. we've fallen in love and Cheech, welcome to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. Now, the reason I have you on, and Liz, if you remember, because we were talking about this last week and I sort of had mentioned this as an aside and Liz was like, no, get Cheech on. We have to discuss this is because I was having dinner with Cheech the other night and Cheech is a PR maven, but she's on TikTok and very good at it. And Liz and I don't really get TikTok or we're like intimidated by TikTok or it's like if Liz I get it, I'm, inti it, I'm intimidated. OK, yeah, we're intimidated. I was honest. We were talking to not skinny, but not fat. And I yes. said, it's just like I'm scared. I really don't think I have the time. I tried to make one TikTok and I just shit the bed and it was intense. But it sounds like you are our TikTok queen. She is, and she knows the algorithm, but the reason is, and I want Cheech to answer this, is because Cheech had told me at dinner, and I got her permission to say this, that through TikTok, she realized that not only does she have ADHD, which she never knew that she had, but also that she might be a little into women here from TikTok. So, Cheech, okay. <laughs> how do you yourself? <laughs> so it's really interesting because when the pandemic started and we went inside forever, March 13th, 2020, like Friday the 13th, actually, um, I had just joined TikTok as like, you know, whatever. It's the new app kids are doing. It's super funny. And then about like 10 days into quarantine, I was put on furlough from my company 
And it was kind of distressing because Darren can tell you I'm like a super workaholic. Yeah. And I really didn't have much to do other than like sit on TikTok all day. Right. And I mean, once I got into a routine, it just became part of my day. But okay. for a long time, I was spending hours like in like a K-hole, a TikTok K-hole. <laughs> and anyone can tell you, if they, I mean, it doesn't matter how old you are, if you're a man, if you're a woman, if you're if you identify as what you will get addicted to this app if you spend more than 10 minutes on it, not as a creator, as like a consumer, as a user okay. of the app. So I did a little bit of a research because it's still kind of like new to me. And Darren says I'm great at TikTok. I'm not. I'm just like a little account, just spent a lot of time on the app due to, you know, being furloughed without work and in quarantine. And the way TikTok works is different than Instagram. Instagram is very curated, right? You go onto Instagram, you see most of the accounts that you, um, like top 50, I think, that you interact with the most. Those are going to be the people that show up on your story feed first, the people whose posts you're going to see first, the ones that you like and engage with, you're going to see those. But you follow maybe 700 accounts and you might not even see some of them. There's just so many more people on TikTok. The users, it's just you can't compare Instagram's like the tiny little bubble of like curated highlight reel. And TikTok is just this mass wasteland where you can find a niche, a niche everywhere. So it's unique because let's say you, you make a TikTok, you create it, you used to have a username and you engage with, with things, not just like passively scrolling on the for you page without creating an account. Once you have an account and once you start engaging, TikTok starts to read your brain like a book and you get personally attacked with more and more content, not in a bad way, just in a like, how did they know that I'm Jewish and from New Jersey kind of way? This is one of those things, it's hard to interrupt you, where it's like, I'll be talking to my friend about like, oh, I need a new pair of happy socks. And then all of a sudden on my Facebook, it's like a happy socks ad. Like for yes. TikTok is like, they you really know say who- to people, I need new happy socks. Listen, I like happy <laughs> socks, Liz. So go fuck yourself. Uh, you can go wear your depression socks. All right. I'm over here living a happy fucking life. All right. Um, just because I just saw an ad for happy socks. But with Fair. TikTok, it's kind of like that. Like it's reading all of your information and taking everything that you are and like spewing back who you are at you when so you don't even realize TikTok it. TikTok told you that you're not necessarily straight. Yes. And you know, like, like many people, I grew up in like the heteronormative culture. I never like, I never had, I've always had gay friends. I've always considered myself to be like a massive ally. You know, I have so many gay friends and I've always been, I felt part of the community as an ally, but I got onto TikTok and when you first join, you're like kind of lumped in with everyone. So you'll get like Addison Ray dancing and like cute pets and stuff. And that's kind of called straight TikTok. There's no real name for it. It's just like mm. what we call it on the streets. Oh. It's it's known on as the loser streets. TikTok. Loser. Yeah. So TikTok. straight TikTok is like boring, <laughs> like Wonder Bread white TikTok, which is all yeah. like funny and good stuff, but it's not really reading your soul. The more that you like things, follow certain people, it becomes more tailored content to what you like. So my TikTok currently is having fun with my like emo pop punk phase. And but are you making TikToks or can you repost TikToks? 
So I'm not like, I'm seriously like Darren's telling me I'm so good at TikTok. I'm like, I'm barely good at using it. It's just like, I'm on it so much as a user. Sometimes I'm interested in creating, but it's really for creators. It's not just for. It's so hard to make a TikTok. It's It's hard. hard. You need a, you need a niche because that's why these niches, that's how it blows people up. So as I was liking stuff, as I was engaging with content, TikTok obviously was like bringing me into like the LGBTQ one. And it was like, some of them were funny. It was like girls saying, you know, has a boyfriend, never been with a girl, TikTok, you're gay. And I was like, oh, that's like me, right? But then you get like the thirsty, like really hot women who are like, I mean, I showed She's Darren been one of them. me all week. I got to forward and, these things to you all and, week. Yeah, what the fuck? I want to see flood, them. Flood, 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 flood of these And women. it's like, wait, she's hot. And then <laughs> I start thinking about how all these years I've said things like, yeah, like I'm not gay, but I would let a girl go down with me, which is basically like you're gay, except you're afraid that you're gay. And I've always had this like infatuation with Miley Cyrus. She's like my number one she's celebrity like gay. crush. She, I think she's, she's a good she, gay entry she's a good, point. She's like the, the gateway gay. Yes. She's yes. grown gateway with me gay. too. Exactly. Like I've she's had this obsession. of gay. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Like I've had this obsession and infatuation with her for a long time. That was kind of like, it was not like obsessive, but it was like, I would say like, she's my celebrity hall pass. But, you know, really? eventually- that becomes less of like a ha ha I would get with Miley Cyrus. And it's like, no, actually I'm into Miley Cyrus. And it's kind of tough because it's a fine line though, of being like, oh, I think this person's hot to being like, wait, I'm actually attracted to this person sexually. And the reason I realized that is because people that are not attracted to the same sex aren't questioning. They're not sitting there being like, wait, am I? And they're not exploring that. If oh, that's interesting. Attract- yeah. Like I have a friend who I tried to kind of like explain it to and she'll be like, yeah, Rihanna's hot. Yeah. Rihanna's hot. But like, she's not thinking about Rihanna while she's like masturbating or like watching like lesbian porn and stuff. So as these TikToks became more prevalent on my for you page, like all LGBTQ, but like mainly gay, like lesbian bi and it's, it, it was like, oh shit, like, I guess I am, like, I guess so. It's actually not have even you, Have you met itself. someone in now that the quarantine is over? Like, has there been like a TikTok meetup or like what's happening? So here? there's Ooh. been no TikTok meetup, but like I was, you know, I had a lot of time, I did a lot of therapy. I like oh, had good. a lot of conversations and I feel like I'm not explaining this well. So like, please forgive me. No, oh, I think but, you're doing a great job. Yeah. But- I decided to just like lean into it and like be curious about it instead of being afraid of it. Cause like, if you're going to say no, no, that's not me. Then that's like the denial little bit. And then it becomes like further in the closet. Then I started realizing like, Oh, women are actually, I was dating men at this point into like into the quarantine. So I was like having horrible dating experiences with men. And each time I like would talk to a guy or like meet with a guy or like FaceTime a guy, I was just so utterly unattracted to like every single guy, even the ones that I was like (laughs) mildly attracted to, they like made me feel nauseous, which got me thinking like, 
have I ever even seen a relationship, a straight relationship where like the guy is hotter than the girl? Never, ever have I ever seen a man and woman together where I don't look at the girl and I'm like, that woman is just so out of that guy's league. The guy is just always regular. So then I realized, okay, obviously I'm looking at the woman before the man when I'm looking at a couple. And then that got me thinking even more. It's like, all right, besides Miley Cyrus, who else would I hook up with? I mean, I used to say all the time at Bravo, I was like, oh my God, I have such a crush on Darren. Like, but it was like, okay, Darren. That's why you're on the show. I was like, Darren flirts with everyone. But then it's like, okay. But the thing is, is like girls who don't like girls don't have crushes on other girls. Like there's no such thing as a girl crush. Like when they tried to make girl crush a thing, it's like, just say you're attracted to them. Like what's a girl crush? It's like you have a crush on them, but they're a girl. It's like, no, they're hot and you would want to sleep with them. Like that is... Cheech, oh, this is this is a real first of all, I would just want to say thank you for walking <laughs> us thought by thought through the last 12 months of your therapy sessions. I assume that was very vulnerable <laughs> and very amazing. Also, we needed, yeah. it. we needed it. Also, very similar to me as a bisexual woman and kind of my journey, it sounds like in the thoughts of my process, like, wow, these women are, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of a slow process. And two, I feel like Darren maybe forced you into saying that you had a crush on her <laughs> on the show. No, I'm not. But I just remember fine. like, I, did like I would always joke. I'd be like, oh, Amanda, like, don't you love Darren? I have such a crush. Amanda's another friend of ours. You gotta stop. You have to stop. I did not and stop. know that. I did but, not but like that. Darren is so flirty with everyone that like you would always Except you for could just assume she's. Well, take the hint, sweetie. You can always just assume <laughs> that she's just like being her nice, normal self, right? Right. But that right. was like a few years ago. Right. At that point, I had no like, I mean, there was a point in quarantine where I put on my dating apps, like everyone, you know, and I started swiping. And okay, so what like, happened? What happened? This is what I need to know. Any girls? Right. So, so it was tough because as I was swiping through the women, I was realizing like, okay, I definitely should be dating women. Like this is, this is like a, like, like these are the people that I connect with more. Me and Liz are like dancing in the background, by the way, as Cheech is saying this story, like Liz and I but are like, eating You're like so up. excited. You're so excited. Yeah. But unfortunately, like I'm now dating a man, like unfortunately still unfortunately. attracted wah, to men. Wah, wah. But, <laughs> but the thing is, is like, I saw that there were so many other people like me, like on my for you page, like that content that's like tailored. It's not just like TikTok pushing it out. It's like other people like you who are also confused about their sexuality, who are also like, hmm, do I count because I've never had sex with a woman? And it's like, then you begin to doubt yourself and then you find another one and then you find another TikTok. And it's like, guess what? You count. Yeah. Because you're attracted to women. Like, do you have so many people trying to tell you what's what when it comes to like who you should be dating, who you shouldn't be dating? Most people, it's like, I think that like the terms, and I know I'm like late to this, but like the label thing has just completely just confused everyone. And Gen Z, who are the primary users of TikTok, are the ones that are like expressing to be this more fluid sexual orientation, the gender bending, especially with fashion and like beauty, beauty choices. You see like, 20 year old boys who are considered sex symbols, like they're wearing nail polish. 
I, I don't know. In case Harry our, our interview, which is coming up right after you Jason with Jason Brown. Brown, who's pansexual and yeah. he like uses Rachel sometimes, uh, which is usually a female's name. Like he's whatever. Do you know what I mean? And I would right. consider him Gen Z. So, okay, wait. Sorry, Darren. I have so many questions I here. Mean, Thank yeah, you no, for booking I mean, this. I Thank you. I'm jumping all, I know I'm jumping all over the place, but like, no. But, but here, hold on. This is what I was going to say is like, you are a Taylor Strucker show listener. Darren and I have kind of even said a few times, like, we're so thankful for the listeners who have followed scissoring isn't a thing who consider themselves straight because they might be thinking kind of the same thing as you. Maybe they're not so straight. Maybe they are a little bio. Maybe they are a little curious. So I think you kind of walking through your TikTok is helpful. Journey. Labyrinth journey is really helpful and really interesting. And I think that especially as women, we're like, I don't know. I think sometimes they're like, you have to have it all figured out by the time you're 20. You know what I mean? But maybe you don't. I mean, you look 21. So maybe you just needed to get to 21 to figure out your queerness. But I'm 31, actually. Now she's in love with you. It does kind of remind me, though, is like when I was in college. Uh, Liz, I think I've talked to you about this story before. Teach, I don't know if I ever told you, but when I was in college in freshman year and I went to a small school. So it was like 20 people in a class, like very, very small. And I remember my psychology of gender professor was like, this is like 2006. And she was talking about how like, you know, roughly 10% of the population is queer or gay, you know, like we have a lot more terms for it now. And I'm sure it's even greater than 10% considering the gender bending thing. But she was like 10% of people is gay. And I looked around the room and I was like, that means 2%. That means two people in this classroom are probably gay. And I remember thinking I'm probably the only person counting the people because I'm definitely one of them. And it was like one of those like realizations where it's like, if I'm questioning it, it's probably because I might be. And, and I think for you, it's kind of like, well, I'm liking this. Why am I liking this so much kind of thing? I mean, and so now kind of being absorbed to this community, if you will, would you now say like, did you feel like you had to come out as bi? I mean, you came out to buy as me last year. And I remember we had that text conversation. I was like, oh my God, congratulations. Like go out on a million dates, do your fucking thing. But did you feel like you needed to come out to other people? I mean, I know we kind of have that relationship, but like if your parents were to ask you, would you be like, yeah, I'm bi? So like, that's also a thing. Also, I was like, do I like announce it? If I don't say something, then it's going to be like, you're in the closet. Like then not, you know, but I was like, you know what? Like, I don't really care. I'm just going to like say it to whoever and my friends will be cool with it. And I had a couple of friends who were like very confused and not cool with it. Like, and they were, when I say not cool with it, they just wanted answers. Of course. And I was like, I don't know. As if you know. owe, the, as if you right, owe as that you know. to them. Or you have them. They were like yelling at me. I mean, like they literally made me cry because I was like, oh my God. You know, and they were they were just so like wanted to know and I wasn't giving them like what they wanted to hear. And they're like so straight that they couldn't even comprehend that maybe I'm attracted to women. Even if I've never hooked up with a woman, I, I said to them, I was like, how did you know you were attracted to men before you had sex with a man? You were what, 12? You started, you know, like getting horny and like you started dating men because that's what society tells you to do. Wait, so yeah. have you still not been on a date with a woman yet? No, I was like talking to this one girl last year, but they like we didn't. like low key ghosted each other. But we were talking for like 
I want to say like two, three weeks. And we had like I think two you needed her we were- to make that step first. And then you would have been like, okay. Yeah. But I was also actually being super ballsy. And I was like, when are you free this week? Like I was yes, saying that. you were. Right. And she just but like couldn't that was pull also, the trigger. That was super funny too, because then I started seeing TikToks of like, lesbian women who joke about having sex with straight women and like what's that like and it's always like the straight woman is like afraid that she's not going to be good and all these questions in my head I started realizing there's already there's so many other people that are having these same questions too so like I'm just going to go with it and start like swiping on the apps and seeing if there's any girls that I like and honestly there were plenty it was a weird time to be swiping in general because of the pandemic And I think that what hurt me was like, okay, I've never actually like, there's a lot of lesbian women who aren't interested in hooking up with a girl who's never been with the woman because they think she's just going to experiment. Like that was your problem kind of with it. And Liz, I wonder if you ever kind of experienced this as like, I know you've been bi and you're married to a woman. And so it's probably been a while for you. But like when you were first kind of coming into that side of things. My first girlfriend really broke my heart by being like, well, this was never going to be anything because I'm your first. And I was like, but I'm in love with you. And I think we're going to get married. (laughs) And that's so weird that you would say that because you know what I mean? And here's, can I tell you something? Mm -hmm. You'll know what to do. Yeah. I think I got on actually a really good, there's this one girl that's like, I'm probably on your for you page because you're bi and you're worried that you're not going to be good at having sex with women. And it's like, for you, you keep talking about this. Let's hit the follow button, hit the like button for more. And then you're like, all right, obviously I'm going to hit the like button for more. And then they like literally teach you and like tell you what you already know. Yes. What you already know. They don't like, they don't get like graphic, but like, they are like, if you know, you know, I want to point out one thing because I keep forgetting to say it, but it's actually really important to the trajectory of my story. But like in 2019, Darren knows like I was fired. I was dumped. Like I like went through like horrible, like a scam situation, like with my identity. Like it was like a This girl could write a book. I'm telling you, Liz, she could write a fucking book. It was just like the worst year for me ever. And I remember I was like not eating. I was like jewel for breakfast, diet Coke for lunch kind of thing. And I was at my Hamptons house, which is composed of a bunch of straight guys, a bunch of girls and a bunch of gay guys who are like, you know, the wild straight white gay guys that we all know. And one of them was like, are you like, I was literally screaming something about Miley Cyrus. Like, I don't know, Miley and Liam had just like broken up and I was like having a reaction that's like not normal for someone that like (laughs) doesn't know either of them. And my friend Anthony was like, are you like, bye? And I was like, what? And I kind of like, was like, um, like, I, I don't know, like I've never hooked up with a girl and like, I don't think so. But like a year later when I was on TikTok and like then got on on by TikTok. So every corner TikTok is called either like it's gay TikTok, Latina TikTok, corporate America TikTok, millennial TikTok. It's like the each niche has its own name. So if you're like a podcaster, there's probably like a podcaster TikTok. That's like a community basically of like-minded people. You know, then I started thinking like, oh shit, Anthony asked me this a year ago. And I think like, it's probably true. But then I felt like I had to tell people like my friends and my, I told my sister, but like, I didn't want to tell my parents because like they wouldn't get it. And like, I don't think my parents really need to know like who I'm interested in sleeping with. You know what I mean? 
Well, yeah. okay, hold on. I'm going to stop you. I have a question. So you're dating this guy. You've had this TikTok breakthrough. Yeah. They got to you. The mm-hmm. TikTok, the gays on TikTok, they got you. They broke they you broke down. Her. Yeah, they broke you down. Do I'm like you, a simp now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Do you feel, I, Darren and I know what that is because we had a 15-year-old on our show once and yeah, she correct. let you, us in on the- explained it to us. Oh, it was Heather Dubrow's uh, daughter, Max. Explain us what world. a simp is. And we were yeah, like, yeah. what? Good. So, okay, hold on. You've been broken down by the gays on TikTok. Yep. You are in a relationship. Do you feel like bucket list life- you will not be complete until you scissor a chick. It's possible because you know what? Like we'd started dating. Um, we matched while I was like matching with everyone, you know, like he was another option Then we matched again a few months later. And like, now we're in a relationship, but I told him, I was like, listen, just so you know, like I like women too. So like when I tell with you, I gusto, love you. with the gusto, I she, love my she well, she was like, well, he was like, I was like, when I, tell you like I love Miley Cyrus I don't mean like I love Miley Cyrus I mean like I love her and like she's my hall pass and (laughs) he was like listen as long as you don't cheat on me with anyone I don't care who you like right so okay that doesn't answer your question but I'm also not really like it's very new and I'm not I'm trying not to think about like okay if he's the one. So like, I will, I, I'll have to say right now, I'm just kind of like, right now you're in a monogamous relationship. Yeah. And right. I'm enjoying the fact that I can be like, don't you think she's so hot? And he'll be like, yeah, you know? And like, it's not like a jealousy thing. It's like, we're agreeing on a fact, you know? Yeah. Okay. Got it. About like an attractive woman. Right. You know? Oh no, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And I'm like very impressed that this fucking app has told this 30 year old woman who's like very much so in the scene, two things about herself that she almost may never have realized, although we can't say that for sure, without literally a pandemic happening and TikTok being like the most addictive app ever. Like so many people go through these really hard journeys and you're just kind of like, I don't know, I'm just going to scroll on TikTok and like get like basically 10 years of therapy, like kind of solved uh I was doing a lot of therapy while I was like furloughed I was I was in therapy like not for like being being gay but like just like in general for my life like I was in eating disorder recovery which I told you about Darren and like yeah I was in therapy literally every single day so and I wasn't working work has always been something that I just used to distract my brain. I'm like one of those people that like needs five forms of media to consume at all times to prevent a single thought from occurring in my brain, Sure. which is kind of like how a lot of millennials are, I would say, because we're all burnt out and anxious and probably gay a little bit and like afraid to admit it. Here I am. Having nothing, having nothing to do other than like, kind of like work on my shit Right. really also did help speed that up because I was in therapy like three days a week, like five days a week of like a recovery program and like actual one-on-one therapy, like three days a week and group therapy a day dur- during oh, the week. Oh, you did group too. therapy? I oh, had you're to. You're a fucking I, G. She's done well, it all, dude. You She's are such a G. She's How a G. have we never met? I'm so evolved now. And like, I came back to work and I'm now performing at work better than I ever had in my whole life because to you. Darren's point, like I also, a lot of people say like, why is, why is TikTok telling me I have ADHD? But like once I started getting those ADHD TikToks, like undiagnosed ADHD TikToks, 
where it's a little, it's a little tricky because like self-diagnosing can be a little dangerous. Big time. But I started really realizing other things about myself for so long. I thought I was like dumb. I, I attributed so many things to being stupid. Like I, you know, walked out of the house and forgot my laptop, my backpack, my wallet. I left my keys in the, in the lock. I put my key, my jewel in the fridge. Like, where's my phone left it somewhere. Like certain things that are just like, I attributed to just being dumb and lazy and like being just hard on myself as a person. I realized also, and I know this is very generalizing, like it's a lot more complex than just being like, oh, I'm stupid and lazy. I realized I might have ADHD. Like my dad had, my both two sisters have ADHD. They can't even complete a sentence without taking Vyvanse. So like me, just because I'm not like raging, my thing was, I was like the eating disorder one. So that's what my parents were like, okay, like Michelle's the one with the eating disorder. I'm like, Danielle and Talia are the ones with ADHD. I was never hyperactive, but then little do I know, women are often under underdiagnosed with ADHD because they show not hyperactive symptoms and science has evolved since 1997 when Ritalin right. came out, you know, right. Like it's right. just, um, you know, something that I was like, I think I should talk to a therapist about. So I talked to my therapist and said, I think I have ADHD. And she was like, you know, it's possible. Like you should, work with a psychiatrist and get a proper diagnosis, not TikTok. Cause I was just like listing it. I was like, I saw this TikTok and it was like, and I must have it. And she was like, all right, pump the brakes, like talk to a licensed professional. I had three sessions before the psychiatrist was like, yes, you had like, was able to like fully diagnose me with ADHD. There's a lot of criteria, a lot of like tests that you do. And a lot of people probably have it and don't have any, you know, proper medication or management for it because they just don't realize that their symptoms are ADHD. They're not like lazy and stupid. My thing was also because I was in eating disorder recovery, I was not like, I'm not allowed to be on Vyvanse or Adderall because it's a stimulant. And so I wasn't going, trying to get this diagnosis for Adderall. Like I just was trying to validate, like being like, there's a reason why my brain is the way it is. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard of executive dysfunction, but that's a symptom of ADHD where you have all this stuff to do, but your brain like is paralyzed and you can't that's me start all the any- time. Yeah. yeah. It's called executive dysfunction. And you're like literally unable to start one task because you're so overwhelmed with like all of the tasks that you have to do that you don't do anything. Right. Well, so yeah. it's it's amazing to have you on one again. I'll say it again. You are very evolved in so many ways. And it's a perfect episode to have you on because our next guest, as we mentioned, is Karamo Brown's son, kind of straddles Gen Z millennial in his age. And we chatted to him about the difference between millennials and Gen Z. And, you know, something that I think TikTok has certainly sounds like helped you with, but I think what we see in TikTok because it's so Gen Z focused for lack of a better term. Gen Z driven for sure. Yeah. And it's like self-discovery, right? And you Mm -hmm. talk about like, there's a place for everyone there. And I think that, you know, we were still kind of taught to like hold our emotions in work, 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 keep plugging away. And I think this generation is really like stopping and asking questions and pushing back on the norm. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is like what you've done which is amazing. And 
Jason does it as well. Like even with his own family, he's like, wait, no, this is me. I'm not just this. And I'm not just that. Like, I'm going to let you in and describe to you what that is. And so it's really about embracing the questions that I think you have about yourself, Cheech. And like, you're a really good representative of that, that maybe you don't doing it when the the thought first comes to you, but like enough signals are kind of given over time that you're starting to listen to yourself and you want to kind of do that. And I think that's a really important lesson. And I'm really happy that you came on to describe TikTok and you're the first person that ever told me that they discovered they were bi from it. So I have a feeling as TikTok continues to blow the fuck up, you're going to come back on and explain something to me and Liz that we don't fucking understand. And in the meantime, Liz, I'm going to be forwarding you all the sexy TikToks that Michelle forwards me. You should just have a group chat because I'll just send you all the TikToks I see like the other one I sent you, Darren, I don't know if you watched it, but it was about queer coding yes, in I like that. Disney movies. And like, I learned that on TikTok though, too. And it's like, Liz, have you ever heard about queer coding? No, of I have. You- I'm just dying. I <laughs> like, yes, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I feel like I, for, I'm the only one that knows what it is. And I'm telling everyone because like, I saw one TikTok, you know, no, no, it, this is good. This is good. Where can people, can they follow you on TikTok or are you private? I mean, like, I'm not right. Like they can follow me if they want to see like very like average content, you know, like very much. She's on Instagram though, too. She's on Instagram though, too. I'm at Michelle Cheech like everywhere and anyone can follow me. I'm not promising like it's going to be the best, but I've been known to make people laugh. Don't here. you have another really good account or do we, or is that oh, supposed yes. to be? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. No. Darren. Yes. Actually, everyone should follow my meme account called Bitchy Legends Only. It's on Instagram and Twitter. And that's where I can be like my true like gay self. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Perfect. Cheech, we love you. Thank we you for coming you. on. And uh, Jason Brown, Rachel Sideburns is up next. And... He is just as interesting as Cheech is, and we're really excited to have you guys listen. So please enjoy this episode. Darren. Yeah? Do you have a TV? You know I have a TV. I have the best series for you to watch. What is it? FX's Pride is a six-part documentary series chronicling the struggle for LGBTQ plus civil rights in America from the 1950s through the 2000s. Six renowned LGBTQ plus directors explore heroic and heartbreaking stories that define us as a nation. Each episode makes use of its own unique storytelling devices used to explore the hidden history of the LGBTQ plus community, ranging from reenactments to archival footage to deeply moving personal interviews. FX's Pride explores topics which you might not be very familiar with, such as the FBI's surveillance of homosexuals during the Lavender Scare in the 1950s, while also taking a closer look at the more widely reported AIDS epidemic of the 1980s and the culture wars of the 1990s. The impact of these events has inspired and galvanized many within the LGBTQ community to create policies and organizations that still fight for equality today. FX's Pride is a special two-week event starting Friday, May 14th on FX, streaming next day FX on Hulu. As we all know, Darren, we've talked about how I'm the queen of the cold email. I go after who we go after. Yeah, for sure. You've brought us so many different people on this show, inclusive of Karamo Brown, who we had on a couple months ago. 
That's right. And we were so excited to talk to him, but I kept being very thirsty about yeah. Karamo's <laughs> son during the interview because I'm like, She's really? Arched. That's the star. That's yeah, the star. Right. Well, that is the That's star. That's the star. And we finally, in a scissoring isn't a thing, historic moment, yes. have a son of one of our guests. That's right. We, so we get the real facts here. This is, this is yes. where we get to actually break down what actually happened. We right? have <laughs> Jason Rachel Brown on the show today. He is a young rising talent in Hollywood. Y'all better follow him on the internet. We'll get to that in a minute. As I mentioned, he is the son of Karamo Brown. You guys know him from Queer Eye of the Straight Guy and many other things that Karamo does. I feel like he's everywhere. Jason is making his own lane in the industry. He is studying comedic and dramatic acting at UCLA. And uh, he is now looking to put his skills to the test and start booking work. That is your bio provided to us. Yes. Also, you should follow him on TikTok on Instagram. We'll get to that. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Thank you all for having me. Well, we got to get right into it. So do you prefer Rachel, Jason, he, she, how would you identify? Give me, what's the best way here? So my pronouns are he and him. I know my dad did explain it to you guys, but so there was this girl in high school. Name was Rachel. I was madly in love with her. I know he said she was my friend. No, yeah. I was madly in love <laughs> oh, with her. Oh, we this get girl. the real story. Oh, you now. guys get the real the This real is the tea. fact check. Yeah, no, yes. you guys get the tea. <laughs> and so I was madly in love with this girl who I didn't know was in love with me back until the next oh. year. <gasps> yeah, which is weird. She had left my school. Anyway, she had sideburns and I totally want her to embrace it. And um, it was kind of my way of flirting with her as well. At the time when I was 14, I just made it my uh, Instagram handle. And from years, like 12 on 12 years, people just been calling me Rachel as my nickname. So um, I actually do prefer Rachel sometimes. Honestly, it makes me sound cooler. It makes me feel cooler. But uh, if you want to call me Jason, that's totally fine as well. My wife's name is Rachel. So there's lots of Rachel's floating around. (laughs) And and here's my connection is tomorrow I was supposed to get my sideburns laser removed. Should I not now? Because now I I I don't think you should. No, keep those. Yeah. I mean, you're going to do what you're going to do. But I mean, I think you should keep them. Also, (laughs) is it weird that I gave Uh, my wife laser hair removal for her birthday, which was yesterday? (laughs) Wow. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to marriage. Don't do it. Just kidding. Yeah, exactly. And and if I may ask, Rachel, how would you identify sexually? I am a pansexual man. OK, so Karamo did get that right. We will say your dad did. Yes, accurately. he did get that right. Yes, he did. And for the kids out there who might not know, because there are a lot of terms, pansexual, how would how why would you define it? Let me first off say this. Pansexuality is not bisexuality. OK, Amen. Um, hear my snapping. Because Liz is a bisexual, so we know know. that there's a difference. Yes. Um, We talk in the DMs, everybody. Don't (laughs) worry. Of course. Of course. I'm helping the audience out here. Yeah. 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 Pansexuality is just not seeing gender for me. So, yeah, that's pretty much what it is right there. Okay. Straight to it. Straight to it. (laughs) And for those of you guys that didn't listen to the episode where we had Jason's dad on the show, we talked a little bit about you coming out to him and his reaction to it. Yes. We typically like, just because everybody has a different story. And, you know, one of the biggest things about the show is visibility, right? We like to have all different types of people, both in the community and allied out out of the community, just to keep having these conversations because we think it's so important. Mm -hmm. And even though we kind of touched on that coming out, what would you consider your coming out? Was it to your dad or did you have other people that you came out 
first. Do you mind kind of talking to us about yes. that? That's actually an amazing question. No one ever asked that. Thank you, by the way. Oh, you're um, welcome. Of course. <laughs> so I like to use the term as well. My dad taught me was um, letting people in. Right. I feel like coming out just so like, you know, so weird to me. Um, so I let my uncle Trey, who is my dad's best friend for like, I don't know, like 20 plus years now. I let him in first. And it was funny. <laughs> uh, we were in Palm Springs uh, for Thanksgiving one year and my uncle Trey wanted to go to a gay bar. And I was hesitant at first because he asked me and I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Not really knowing like do they know something? Like, do they know something's up with me? Is that why he's inviting right. me? Are they sniffing it out or whatever? Yeah, and seeing, exactly. Yeah, right, right. Well, it turns out he was just trying to invite me because I had just turned 21 at that time. And he just wanted me to go out and have fun with him. During that night at the club, I let my uncle Trey into my, into my life. I let him know that I'm pansexual. I didn't know how to tell my dad. I knew I could come to him because I felt really comfortable around him saying this information. And that all went great. He kept it to himself because I asked him to, which Uncle Trey, I love you and I respect you so much for that. And I think like seven months later, I let my dad in and um, his reaction was not what I was expecting. It wasn't the same as my Uncle Trey's, which was like, you know, initially like loving and like understanding right away. My dad was a little like caught off guard. And I, I could say it was probably based off fear. And that put a lot of fear into my heart. Meaning like, am I doing the right thing? Am I, should I just, should have kept quiet about this? Like, why is the guy from Queer Eye giving me this reaction right now? I have no idea. And literally it took him about like 30 minutes after I got off the call with him because I had just auditioned for Real World. And I told the producers, I'm pansexual. And then my dad was calling me, asked me about it. And I told him, hey, yeah, I told him I'm pan and all this stuff. And then he's like, what? I was like, yeah, I'm pan. He's like, what the hell do you mean, Jason? What are you saying to me right now? And like flipped that on me. And on my way home after the audition, I was like just in tears, like the whole ride wow. was in tears. I thought I just messed up this um, beautiful connection that me and my dad had had going for each other. And um, he called me back 30 minutes later and was very understanding and was apologetic and invited me over to the house. And we had a real conversation about it. And so, um, and then from there, it was a lot easier than it was just my friends, which to my surprise, they already knew. They were like, honey, we already knew this shit. Like we were just waiting <laughs> on you, um, <laughs> which is like, oh, OK. <laughs> like, did they um, know you were pan or did they know that you weren't straight? They knew I was not straight. That's what they okay. knew. So okay. they just knew that I wasn't straight. And that was a lot easier for me to go about because once my friends and my family had my back and I had the support from them 100%, then it was way easier for me to go online or just go every anywhere and start just telling people who I am and actually just being myself. It's funny. So I, I, I work for Andy Cohen and I've worked for him for a while. And obviously I, I'm a lesbian. He's a, he's an out gay man. And we often talk mm -hmm. about sort of our coming out stories. And he talks about coming out to his Midwestern parents, you know, in Missouri, in St. Louis, Missouri or whatever. And yes. also a different generation. They're in their eighties now. So, you know, I'm not even talking about Karamo's age, who's, you know, <laughs> yeah. our generation basically. But when I talked to his mother about it, she always said, you know, sometimes kids forget that the parents kind of have to need to have time to like catch up to the dreams and aspirations we had for our children and the image images we had of our kids. And it's not that we reject them. It's that we just have to mourn that idea of the kid that we thought we were going to have. Is that what you think 
your father's response really was about, or was it he didn't know what a pansexual was? What do you attribute it to? Because obviously this I is think, an out gay man, you know? Yeah, and that's why I was so caught off guard. I was like- What did you say, he's Darren? A, yeah, he's, he's a, career a career gay. gay. He's, he's a, a career, career gay. gay. He's the guy from Queer Eye. Like, I mean, yes. like the first openly black man out on MTV show. Like, I would have exactly. thought this would have been so smooth. Like, <laughs> right. You, right. you guys have thought. no idea. In my mind, like, I was like, oh, this is about to be like, I could just like quickly say it and it's going to be like, cool. Right. Um, I think for him, it might have been a little bit of both, meaning he had a way that he thought my life was going to be. And it was also a little bit of fear. He also told me within the community, I, what I will learn is that, um, is that it's very segregated in parts. You know, yeah. you go out to like certain parts of like where I go, certain parts of West Hollywood, and I'll see like a group of just like white gays. And, you know, um, they're just reading everybody, reading everybody. And I don't really see myself like that and other people. And his fear was just also our family. Uh, my dad's, uh, my grandpa, which is my dad's dad, is, I would say, a pretty fucking big... Can I cuss? Sorry. Yes, of are, course hello? you can. Are you okay, yes. for real? Are you fucking kidding me? Come on now. Darren He's and pretty, I get in trouble. I'm from Jersey, man. I'm from Jersey. <laughs> All right, I just didn't know. Uh, he's a pretty fucking big um, homophobic. I love yeah. my grandpa to death, but... um. Yeah. Pretty big homophobic. And so that kind of runs uh, big on my family side, especially on both sides. Uh, one being uh, from Jamaica and then other ones just being from the South. So um, I wish the Jamaicans weren't so homophobic. It is a girl, bummer. Me too. Because everyone. <laughs> what is loves that? Right. To go to. I, I can't remember what it was recently. Not that not that long ago. We were talking about Jamaica. A friend of mine got married there and I was like, damn, I wouldn't be able to go to that shit. You're getting a, you're getting a present in the mail. I'm passing, so to speak. But I was like, my wife, she ain't making it through customs. Yeah. I was is that like, true? Exactly. Is it that obviously it is homophobic? So it's, it's, homophobic yeah. there? Yeah. It's like it's, it's illegal, I think. Isn't it still illegal? I think it's illegal to be gay in Jamaica. It might be. I, I, I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Which sucks because that that if they weren't like that, that would be a real vibe for me. Right. I'll be well, there. I'll I mean, be moving there. You said one side Jamaican, one side Southern. So as like yeah. a gay person, both now seem kind of scary to me in terms of just the openness that tends to come from that. Was that also caked in maybe a cultural thing for sure, but a religion of any point? Is your grandfather... Religious? Yeah, Rastafarian. Or? He's a Rastafarian, also a very uh, big Christian man. Um, a lot of my okay. family is. You know, I know something that's crazy. I told my family when I was like 15, 16 that I was an atheist. And everyone like was so mad and caught off guard by me by saying that. I was having an so orgasm. Much. I literally just got wet. I, yeah, 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 <laughs> losing it. her mind. I'm, I'm done. Thanks a lot. I'm done. Jason. Not getting Jesus. my sideburns lasered tomorrow. That's it. It <laughs> made it official. Um, well, you know, I often say like sometimes between being gay and being an atheist, being an atheist sometimes is a lot scarier. They're a lot more yeah. hated in this country by a lot more people than oh, yeah. the gay community. How did they? So did you sort of feel like that was a letting in as well? Or that was another kind of coming out that was scenario. just one of those the, those defining moments i guess it was a letting in moment but it was also just like you guys are forcing stuff on me like basketball religion and like this is just something i have been said like seriously <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding you. I'm, I'm not even kidding i'm six five and my family like five yeah i'm six five He's and a my tall family drink of water yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously seriously 
and instantly, like my family was like, oh, you're going to play basketball. Like, there's no questions. You can't, there's nothing else that you need to do. You focus on basketball. And so it felt the same with religion. And once I was old enough to do my own research and kind of figure out what I understood and what made sense for me, it's like everyone thought I believed in the fucking devil. It was the worst yeah. thing ever. And I was like, actually, no, I don't believe in anything. So thanks, you guys. It's, just, thanks, it's a lack of belief. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. It's just a lack of belief. It's like, show exactly. me evidence and I will be on board. But until I get exactly. evidence, like, hell no, you don't have to prove my innocence. You got to prove that's the guilt. also kind of how I feel in some way about like Tupac, because I really am holding <laughs> on strong that he, speaking of Jamaica, he's in Belize. I still, this is who I pray to. You want People, him to be alive, I don't just, you? Like I really that. want yeah. him to be there, <laughs> yeah. potentially because he could be my baby daddy. But that yeah. is just, that is, that is it for me. <laughs> you talked about kind of talking to your Uncle Trey, talking to your dad about the different factions of the LGBTQIA community, which Darren and I have talked about as well. Sometimes we don't feel, and I'm just going to say it. I don't know if y'all are listening, but sometimes the lesbians don't fuck with us. Yeah. For, you know, they, they don't. really don't. They really and don't. I know. Please <laughs> fuck with us. If is it maybe it. because you guys have a podcast called Scissoring Isn't a Thing? <laughs> First of all, it, it's supposed to get you talking. But yeah. really, I, I don't know. You know, it's just interesting. Like, I never felt like I really belonged because I didn't quite feel like gay enough. Do you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. had been with plenty of men. I really honored my relationships with men. I'm married to a woman now. Like, we're mm -hmm. it's all good. You know what I mean? But yeah. I didn't feel like I was, quote, you know, performatively gay enough. And I think Darren and I have talked about kind of all these different factions within the community and you mentioned also like the gay white like gotta have a six pack like kind yeah. of still like Reading, buzz cut yeah. like yeah you know i call them like gays over covid they're all in puerto Vallarta. <laughs> how do you feel like being pan like do you kick it with more pan people do you have a mix of lgbtqia friends like i don't know how is how now that you are more open, especially on social media about it. Like has your friend group changed or have you found different types of people in the queer community that you get along with better than these kind of traditional groups? I think it has completely changed. And I would say for the better straight people can be so like fucking boring. You guys like real talk, like just like the they same can't help it thing. though. They're born that way. You know, also, we have a lot of straight people listening to the show. We love you. Keep listening. We love Subscribe, you guys so much. Like, download. Exactly. That's <laughs> right. all that. No, yeah. but like, seriously, like it could just be so vanilla and the same. And so actually growing up, my dad was a social worker and he used to work at the LGBT, LGBT center in um, Hollywood. And I would go down there and volunteer myself for uh, community service hours for my uh, going to college. And that's where I met a lot of my good friends right now that I have. And um, I mean, I have trans friends, gay friends, lesbian friends. I, it, it just, the list just keeps going on. You have and, bisexual um, friends because we're friends? Yes, yeah, yeah. I have bisexual friends as well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, and that just that group is just more like, I don't know, I guess I would say more relatable in certain aspects, you know, and also um, people I, I've met down here, which I didn't meet in Texas a lot, was like a lot of people who have like who come from gay households. I mean, those kids and I really relate on certain on certain things. I have one of my really best friends um, and she has two husband moms and we literally relate like we live in the same household growing up because 
my dad, I know he may say he's a cool dad, you guys. Do not, do not let that man fool you. He was the, like, <laughs> kind of cool dad. Like, he was cool when everything was cool. Like, outside of that, he was a completely, like, strict, this is what we're doing. No, you cannot be out this late. No, you cannot see this person oh, type damn. of dad. I yeah. totally, you don't get that vibe. He was on real world. Yeah, I know. He's like doubling down though, you know, like he can't be like this cool, you know, career gay and then also yeah. be the cool dad. Yeah, He's gotta there has be, to be some type of structure. Some boundary somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Let, let me ask you this, because I think Liz kind of touched on this in her last question, but let's say, and I don't know if you believe in marriage or whatever, but let's say your long-term committed partner or whatever that you end up with, maybe you're not even interested in, happens to be a woman a female, cisgender female. Do you ever yeah. get the sense that, or a cisgender male, do you ever get yeah. the sense of like people being like, you're not pan, you're either gay or you're either straight. Like who, like, do you uh, feel this pressure to prove your pansexuality all the fucking time? Or that is, is that so just crazy. me? No, <laughs> no, know? that is not just you. Cause I was just thinking about that the other day. I do feel that little bit of that pressure. Meaning I was just on the Instagram the other day and I was talking to this guy and and this girl who wants to get with me, I'm not going to house these people, but um, I should. All right, Rachel Sideburns. We see you, Rachel Sideburns. We We got you. We got you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, please do. People say all types of crazy shit on this show. (laughs) A lot. Say what you're comfortable with. (laughs) No, but this girl is just like questioning my whole sexuality right now because I'm not entertaining her. And it's like, right. Girl, bitch, like leave me alone. Like Like, that's the thing. It's like for, at least for me, I'll speak for myself. When you would come out as a lesbian, everyone thinks that every woman you're around, you're attracted to. And I'm like, are yes. you attracted to every fucking dude you're around? Like, yeah. just because Liz is bisexual <laughs> doesn't mean every guy and every girl she finds attractive. <laughs> it is so weird I mean, to I me how do. people. Yeah, well, you're a sexual fiend and we won't <laughs> go there. But but it's weird that these people are thinking this. Do you find that that's, you know, your generation as well or really like an older generation type of feel? Maybe? It's, it's mostly been like my generation, honestly. Wow. Um, and it's like, girl, stay the hell out of my fucking Kool-Aid. Like, yeah. this Bye-bye. is my drink. Like, please right. leave. Like, what How are you doing? How is this harming you at all? Like, yes, it's not exactly. affecting you. Wait, exactly. not to bring this up again, but I feel like we didn't have closure on this. Yes. <laughs> what ended up happening with Rachel? Oh, my God. Rachel, actually, I just talked to her yesterday. Like, did you guys kiss? Um, We never yeah. kissed. We never, there was no kiss. Rachel, if there is any opportunity for me and her to kiss, I will. I will be down. I would love Rachel, to. I hope you're listening, uh, Rachel. Rachel, he's know. gonna lick your sideburns. He's gonna get great <laughs> up in here. It's gonna be a wild. Darren, Darren, too. let's start with just a regular, like beautiful, Heck. like I'm thinking, like Disney <laughs> animated wild, okay, kiss. You know, whatever. <laughs> okay, so you didn't kiss. You guys never ended up being together. You're, never, but you're still never, friends. Never, nothing happened. But we're still friends. Yes. Ooh, I think there's actually like more fire there because nothing. Yeah, like happens. when you guys get yeah. together, you're going to have to come back on as a couple. We'll have to talk about it. And then we're going to out we'll you see. for really being straight, Jason. We're going to say, yeah, see, we're going to be like, you're so straight. He's hetero. He's this. Exactly. Well, I will say I had stolen when when Karamo came on, I did steal a, a line of his that I've been using, crediting him, of course, but that it's he believes in council culture, not cancel culture. What are okay. your thoughts on like the current? views of that going on do you believe in council culture is it a spectrum for you i think i think we should be doing that instead of cancer culture my dad actually stays in the cancer culture i mean he can't get a he can't get a break no no he, he cannot he cannot a catch a break at all he's always getting canceled for something and certain things i won't lie like 
They was like dancing with the stars and, you know, Sean Spicer was just like, <laughs> exactly. Oh that, that was my reaction. That, that I was had. Ravioli's response to. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I have a puppy and she just went ballistic because she wasn't feeling Sean Spicer either. Yes. Yeah, I know. I think that there should be a conversation where we should start counseling people about these certain things instead of just automatically canceling them because there is like, you know, some people just don't know fully who, what they're affecting or who they may be affecting by uh, the actions that they do. Do you think that it's more like, it's funny you made fun of us for calling the scissoring and the thing, which obviously <laughs> Darren and I believe a brilliant name, but it's yes. debatable. I think Whatever. It's a phenomenal name. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And we're sticking with it. Thing, Not really I mean. that brand friendly, but we're working on that. <laughs> but you know, I think a, the two of us and Darren, I don't want to speak for you, but I know we talk, we ask a lot of questions and we don't know everything. Right. And everyone has such a different lived experience. And I think it's so dangerous when we start imposing our own experience onto others without asking questions and empathizing, you know, in that way. Right. Which is why I totally agree with council culture versus cancel culture. You mentioned like you, I mean, I hopefully joking when your dad went on dancing with the stars, which by the way, like some of those memes are some of my favorite of Karama, like <laughs> chat chying around, like it's too yes. good. <laughs> what is it like having a parent that's famous what are the positives what are the negatives what has that been like for you i'm not gonna lie it's really exciting especially growing up we didn't have much at all meaning um i didn't meet my dad till i was 10 that's a whole nother story and my mom is a single mother of five children and so we were we were struggling a lot once my dad came into the picture Things started happening from later on, later on down the line. It was very exciting. I think some of the struggles, though, would be it's just like, and this is to anybody out there, like, please don't act like you fucking know me and like, you know, my family. Um, just because like I give you like the smallest day of life, meaning like I say hello and then they're like, oh, my God, I love queer. Oh, my God, I love your dad. I want to meet the guys. I, I just go into this whole thing. And um, I've had friends that I had to like, take out of the friend section and kind of like put them in a whole different section now. And I was just telling my best friend this yesterday. It kind of gets weird and annoying. I mean, overall, it's, it's super exciting. Um, there's always, he's always giving me free things that he doesn't want that these brands get, give him. That's uh, the best. Um, I don't know the swag is real. Best. Exactly. I don't know if I should have said that, but yes, um, it is being used though. And if you guys just want yes. to send it to me, that's, you know, that, that Wait, works out for me. do you think your dad was so annoyed that I actually just wanted to be your friend and asked about you the whole time? <laughs> no, I Probably. think that was actually really good for him. <laughs> I'm like, but it's let's like get change. back to your son. Yeah. <laughs> You talked about your friend who has lesbian parents, which I can understand would probably, yeah. you know, be a very unique situation. Do you have any other friends that have famous parents and you guys kind of commiserate yeah, on that as well? Which is weird. My best friend, her name's Gideon, um, Gideon Adlon. Her mom is Pamela, Pamela Adlon. Adlon. Oh yes. my God. I'm doing the thing one. that you hate, but Pamela <laughs> yeah. Adlon's like a goddess. No, yeah. Goddess. Pamela is like amazing. I love her. I call her honestly mom. I've been calling her mom since like my ninth grade year of high school. That family actually just like took me in and like really wow. showed me the ropes of LA and like what to watch out for and, you know, gave me opportunities that I'm, I just cannot forget now that I'm truly grateful for. 
I met Pamela Adlon and she was doing something in the New York Times Center in New York or whatever. And at the end, you know, I went up to her and I was like, hey, just, you know, obviously I did that corny thing where I was like, big fan. I was like, I really <laughs> love you. I was like, I'm in love with you. And as she's leaving with her friend, she goes, the lesbians love me, man. And I was like, yeah, they do. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. And I was like, I, I love you even lesbian. more. Because she's got that swagger to her. You know what I mean? She's like she's got that swag, she's, exactly. She's tomboyish, but like yeah. she just fits the vibe. And I, I think I probably yeah. told her I wish you were gay. Um, yeah. what, what do you, it was a great moment for me, but what do you think are the biggest differences between the older generation right above you and your generation in terms of the LGBTQ space? Like, what do you think is the biggest difference of how they're interpreting this awakening, if you will? I think they might think that we're a little just too open and like accepting of everything. What a horrible thing, right? <laughs> yeah, what a terrible, exactly. We're too, exactly. Which we like too many people being who yeah. they are. God, fuck you, man. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. Like while I'm wearing uh, equality transcends hoodie right now. I know. I like that hoodie. Someone would just, like like, an older generation, someone would be like, what? What are you, like, what are you doing? I don't know. I think they just like think that we're too open and we're too accepting, which honestly they can kiss our ass because like, this is going to make the world move and go into better places. Real they're talk. not on the right side I'm of history for, for sure. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're all like huddled around the Abbey right now, like <laughs> drinking fucking $90 sugar drinks. Like Chad, oh I mean, it's crazy. I, I mean, this is exactly why I don't go to the Abbey because those drink prices, first off, I'm sober now. I've committed to being sober now, but uh, when I was uh, partying, thank you. Uh, when I was partying, um, I could never keep up in there. I always had to find me some guy who was older than me, who was interested. And if I shook my ass a little bit, he'll buy me drinks all night. So I mean, that's good because those drink, those drinks are mighty strong. Let me tell yeah. you, I'm like, what is in here? Gasoline? Like yeah. I actually they're think expensive as fuck. Th they are. I just exactly. think it's Everclear. I'm like mm. almost positive that they just serve people Everclear there. So you moved to L.A., went to high school here. Now you're kind of on this path of acting and comedy. We see that yes. a lot in your Instagram and TikTok. What has that been like? Like, is there a path specifically that you want? I know you auditioned for the real world, which is like, yeah. Can we talk that about that? Yeah, like we I'm, should talk about that a little bit. When was yeah, we that? Can. That was, yeah, like uh, 20, 2019, almost going to 2020. That was a really good experience. Um, I got to the, the last audition uh, where it felt like they pretty much were going to put me on the cast, but I guess something came up and they found someone last minute. And so um, I was a little hurt by that. I'm not going to lie, but it was an amazing experience. It also created this bond between my father, which, you know, I told you, I told him that stuff. And right. um, was he encouraging of you to try out? Yes. That's what I was just going to get into. He was just oh, so cool. encouraging with helping me out with the audition tapes and everything. Um, giving me pointers on how to go into there. That moment was really fun in life. What a full circle moment. Right. That would have been very crazy if I would have like been on the real world. I also am just, I don't know about cameras in the rooms. I don't know, you guys. We, Darren and I have a friend, uh, or it's a very close friend of hers on Summer House. 
for me, I'm just like, I need to get ready. Like, I don't know about all these cameras in the house. Do you know what I mean? Like, put me on the housewives where I have full glam every day, all day. But in the house, we're, mm, I don't know about that. But anyway, Sometimes you just got to be like able to wake up camera ready, you know? Well, yeah. you look at that face. You're good. This over here takes some work. But yeah, I mean, is reality TV something that you'd want to go down or scripted? Or are you open to kind of everything? I'm kind of open to everything. I did go to school for uh, scripted work. That's why um, I went to school for dramatic acting and comedic acting at UCLA. I've also just done like tons of courses um, over my uh, teenage years in acting. And uh, it's crazy. Um, I wanted to go a different route than the route I am going right now. Right now, people know me as um, writing and writing a book. And which, again, I'm, I'm writing another one right now. And oh. um, yeah. Um, and it's it's pretty like interesting because I saw myself doing one thing and now, you know, I took one opportunity. Now it's taken me so far down the road where I'm just like, I don't I don't know what the hell is going on anymore. Life is what happens when you're making other plans. You know, it's like yes. you, you think you're going on this one thing. You think you're doing this checklist and already you're like, oh, shit, I just lived half my fucking <laughs> life. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, can you, can you give us a little info on that book that you're writing? Is it with your dad? Yes. Is it solo? It is. So it's going to be another, uh, book with my father. It's going to be another children's book. And this one is going to be going into a little bit more of some serious, um, issues that children are facing nowadays, facing anxiety. I love that. I think that's fantastic. God yeah. damn it. I, I hate these people that just do it all. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, and writing a children's book is so different, I would assume, than any other kind of writing. I mean, it really, like, there's a a beautiful emotion that you have to kind of bring to it because it's for yes. children. But also, I don't want to say simplicity, but kind of straightforwardness, I think, actually might be the better term yes, for it. Exactly. For Just for the listeners that are a little unfamiliar with the first book, can you talk us through what that book was with your dad, the first one? So the first book that we wrote together is called I Am Perfectly Designed. And it's a mantra that my dad used to give me growing up because I've always felt kind of less than. I had a gay dad. I wasn't as popular in school. There were just so many things against me where I just felt less than of who I was. And my dad used to make me go into the mirror every day. I'm, and I kid you not, every morning before I caught the bus to school, I had to repeat this to myself, that I am perfect the way I am. I am perfectly designed. It took repetition. It took repetition until I started actually believing it. And now I'm like super confident within myself and I don't have any of those issues anymore. But um, as time went on, technology grew and we got social media and I just kept finding my friends and like younger children always comparing themselves to someone that they follow on, on the Instagram or Twitter or YouTube, whatever the case may be. You know, we were hearing like suicide stories from that stuff and that stuff completely broke my heart. Yeah. And I thought it was a great opportunity um, to just share with everybody, not just children, like adults, teenagers, everyone, that you are perfect the way you are. And there's no need to try to like try to act or be someone else. I love that. As I weep into my microphone. Thank you so much for that. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's a really good I think that's a really good lesson. And often we've talked to, we've talked to a number of people on here who have didn't you know, come out or let people in until they were 40. It didn't happen when they mm -hmm. were free, like all different types of stories. But 
for me, at least my personal experience, like the hardest person to come out to or let in for me was myself and knowing that I was going to go, I was gay and, you know, and for better or for worse, I think that's a good thing and also a bad thing. Did you know that you weren't straight at a young age and did you feel self-conscious about that or did you not know what it was? Did that have anything to do with a confidence thing at all? It did play a little bit of part. So I didn't lose my virginity till I was like, what, 22? So like, this is like three years ago because I was always questioning my sexuality in high school. So middle school, I was not as popular. High school, things kind of flipped when I moved to LA. Six foot five, hard not to be. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Yeah. I mean exactly. New York, sweetie. Yeah, they will uh, eat you up here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, so everything switched and I was kind of like known by everybody, popular, I guess. And people would always tell me like, how have you not lost virginity yet? And it was so, it played a part of that, my confidence, because I didn't know who exactly that, if I was gay, if I, I didn't know what I was. I just was questioning myself the whole time throughout high school. And to go back to some of my earliest memories, when I first started watching porn, this is like eighth grade year. My first couple of videos were like straight porn. And then I went into lesbian. And then there was one night now I we're watched talking. gay porn. Now we're, yeah. now <laughs> you've got our attention. Exactly. We were, you lost us a little in the straight porn. <laughs> like, hmm? What was that? Yeah. Like, I'm like, you were watching yep, 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 yep. scissoring videos. Yes, yes, exactly. And then you got um, into gay porn, male, male gay yes, porn. Yes. Then got I it. watched gay porn. And that night when I was finished and I came, I was just like, what the hell was that? Like, why was that so hot to me? And I knew on from an early age that uh, I was not straight, that there was something up. It's kind of like what you said, that you have to come to terms with yourself first, because I think that was me in high school. It's like, all right, let me come to terms first with my sexuality and identifying that I am not straight. And then volunteering at the LGBT center, I heard so many stories. I did so much research that I actually was like, oh, I think this is my, this, I might just be pansexual. And um, years to come, here I am. Yeah, because I was going to say, you know, at least when I was growing up, th- I'm a little bit older than you. I'm 33. But at least so in my, you know, in the seven year, eight year difference, um, it was literally growing up, it was gay, straight, bisexual. I mean, there was yeah. no other kind of term out there. I guess asexual maybe, but but yeah. it was literally what Liz is or what I am or what straight people were. And that was pretty much it. So I was going to ask, like, what advice you would give to anyone, especially someone younger who wants to come out as anything but straight to their families? Do you suggest going and researching the terms first to see if it's pan or bi or gay? Is that very helpful? Well, if you naturally feel something about yourself, I think it's always best to just communicate and talk that out. But it does it does pay and it is helpful to be knowledgeable on what you on, on how you identify. I know if I would have just came to my dad years ago and told him like, hey, I don't think I'm straight. I know it had been like, it had been like conversation to have, but I knew who exactly who I was and who I am. And it was a lot easier for me to have that conversation because I was, I had knowledge on what, on what language. I was. Right. Exactly. Wow. There's a lot to unpack with you and I want to be best friends with you. That's, that's <laughs> oh, how I can say this. Oh, let's be Excuse me. <laughs> Um, bye Liz. Darren. See you. <laughs> Kick rocks, Darren. Say bye to the bisexual. We don't need you. Uh, need you. <laughs> we finish every single yet, episode. Everyone needs me. Which is I need shocking. you. That's for sure. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it at all, but we finish every episode by playing a little game called scissor me. This it's just a rapid fire queer nonsense 
bullshitty type of game and you can answer however you want. Are you ready to play? Let's do it. I'm down. Liz, tee it up. Who is the most per- famous person that slid into your DMs? Oh, um. <laughs> there's smile. Somebody. I don't know. That's that smile and a tongue. We got a smile and a tongue. Someone who works on the Ellen show. I don't know if I should say his name, but mm, Ellen can boy. get a little touchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. That's right. That's like right. the end of that curve. Okay. Yeah, okay, fine. Exactly. <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to be like Takashi 696. Oh, my God. Hell no. Yeah. I want you to know Nas to slide in my own. Um, have you slid into his? I have, and I have gotten no response, but it's okay. We'll keep trying, right? Yeah, no. It's just going to give a little time. <laughs> Who do you love to hate follow online? Uh, Takashi 69 is one of them. I you just love him? to see. No. I, I don't follow him. I just like go on You'll his go page. Monitor. He monitors. Yeah, I'll go look. Exactly. Ugh, um, I, I have like such an intense <laughs> hate for him. We've talked about it on this show. I like yeah, really like, don't fuck with that yeah. dude. Yeah. Yes. He's he's actually like the worst. It used to be Trump a little bit as well. But then I just stopped following and stopped looking at him at all together because someone called me out and said, are you following Donald Trump? And I was like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not following <laughs> Donald Trump right now. I am just monitoring him. I, and looking I, I'm at what monitoring <laughs> at this account right now. Wait, yes. I kind of love actually instead of saying, who do you hate follow? Who are you monitoring online? Who are you monitoring? Yes. That's right. actually yes. a good one. I like it. I also okay. used to um, monitor Kanye West as well. Oh God, I used to love me some Kanye, but then everyone he just did. Fell off the wagon. And then he said some weird, hateful shit. And now said I said some really <laughs> weird shit. Wore really, really weird uh red hat. And I was just like, what the hell are you doing, man? Just oh, yes, God. fell off yeah. the deep end uh, with that one. Go ahead, Liz. Okay, well, I did have a little Nas question, but not you've already answered it. So yeah. that's the end well, of that. I mean the Just answer. in case he's listening, let's ask it again. Yeah, you know, yeah. I love uh, okay, well, I'm actually going to rephrase the question. <laughs> Lil Nas, what is your phone number? Can you please DM it to yeah. Rachel immediately? Okay. Yeah, that's right. Um, that okay. Yeah, it's whatever. You know what? Yeah. Can I tell you this? It doesn't up. Who cares? Who cares? Exactly. Thrift it up. Slap it yeah. up. Yeah. Cares. On this right. show, we're down. Go ahead. So what is the most annoying TikTok challenge that you're actually that you've actually participated in? Any one of the dancing ones. My dad loves to do the dancing ones. And um, <laughs> <laughs> we just did one actually like the other day. And it's uh, it was so annoying. I don't dance. And so the fact that we had that we were on TikTok for about 45 minutes learning how to do this dance um, instructional video. And it took me about like maybe 30 takes to get this dance right. And it was still mediocre. Um, So any of the dancing ones, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate. Every single kid is trying to get their parents to do a TikTok. Your parent is dragging you into the fucking TikToks, my God. And and sometimes he doesn't, he doesn't, it's not dragging, but if he's doing the dancing one, oh, it's a fight for sure. (laughs) Like, hey, how about we do this one? But I also have like three other ideas we can do. Like, come on, let's try this. He's a strict parent, man. Strict TikToker, (laughs) strict parent. Uh, If you had to choose one, Cardi B or Megan The. I rhymed there just for fun. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, thanks. And that's gonna that's a kind of an easy question. I'm from Houston. Oh, so Megan. I'm gonna go with Megan the Stallion. Megan the Stallion all the way. They were scissoring <laughs> the other day. They were they scissoring were at the on Grammy. the Grammy stage. I saw yes. that. They <laughs> sure were. Born to be scissoring on. 
I mean, they were they were scissoring. Boy, they were, were they? It. Yes. <laughs> if you had to be stuck on an island, who would you pick of the following? Okay. Tan, Karamo, JVN, Anthony, or Bobby? Oh, that's so hard because Anthony is a really great cook. I cannot cook at all. Ooh. But you're stuck on the island. Yeah. So there's other. So I think I think I might just have to go with um, Bobby. I'm sorry, Dad. I'm sorry. I've had like 20 Bobby. plus years living with you. I just cannot do it anymore. Hello, so why Bobby? Through- exactly. Talk us through why Bobby, though. I mean, Bobby can do it all out, out to guys. I mean, you guys know him just to decorate the homes, but he can literally do it all. He can cook. He can style. Um, he can get me through something if I really need to talk through it all. What's that one show uh, where they all uh, united their rings and they won, They made one superhero? Was that? Uh, oh, wasn't it Captain Planet? No. What, yes. Captain, Captain Planet, Planet or something. He's a yes. hero. Asking the he's, wrong he's, lesbian he's, here. Yeah. yeah. Down to a Marvel zero. Avengers. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly. Welcome. You're welcome. He's like Captain Planet of the Queer Eye Guys. <laughs> Don't sleep on Bobby. I love it. Yes. Oh, that's so good. Okay. This is my last one. Greatest thing about your generation Worst thing about your generation? Greatest thing about our generation is the love and acceptance that we all have. I think that is probably one of the greatest things that will get us through the future. Worst things about our generation is, and it's, it's going to be conflicting here, is that we cancel every single thing. I would also have to say um, some fashion things that we do. It's, it's just not me. <laughs> like what? Yeah. What like, is yeah, the worst like what? fashion? Like, yeah, let's yeah. hear it. Oh my God, we do like, Baggy stuff with Doc Martens. Like, we're, like, taking it back to the 90s. I, I approve of My some job. 90s look, but I think we need to leave certain things back in the past for a reason. I agree. Not Doc's necessarily, because my sexuality wouldn't exist without Doc Martens, but <laughs> the bagginess, maybe I could see. I get a lot of flack for not having a middle part, which I know is very popular yes. with, the, with the youngsters these days, but I just can't do it, so... All right. Interesting. Good fashion choices. All right. right. No, I like it. I like it. No. Okay. Well, last, it's a simple question, but TikTok or Reels? Reels. I get more love on Reels. TikTok, um, they only love me whenever my dad's on there. So I have to give it up to uh, Reels. Posers. (laughs) Posers. This was an absolute pleasure. pleasure. I love that we got your take and your voice and we were able to just bring you to our lovely audience you really fact checked your dad and i like that yeah <laughs> we, need, really we like- needed you to come in and bring the facts as we know i you have know? to i have to i have to do a little cleanup sometimes you guys you know? uh, yeah a little wikipedia <laughs> that's what you needed to do but it was an absolute pleasure uh, and an honor to talk to you where can the listeners find you follow you do what dm you where where can they do that? you guys can all everything uh it's rachel sideburns on every uh social media platform i absolutely love it well you can find <laughs> us at s-i-a-t podcast on all social media platforms i'm listen to liz darren is carpe darren jason i love you i love thank you guys you. too thank you so much for the opportunity you guys scissoring isn't a thing is a production of embassy row Our executive producer is Sarni Rogers. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anna Marie Johnson. The show is edited by Maureen Begas. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SIAT Podcast. See you next Tuesday.